The Strut is a presentation of 5403 Productions. Welcome in to the Strut Podcast, Sunday Strut here. Uh, it is after, well, it's twilight now here in downtown Conway, gentlemen. It's a beautiful, clear sky, of which we will have next weekend for homecoming. But we've got a lot to talk about and unpack coming out of the Arkansas State game. We have given Joe two Red Bulls, a Zip Fizz, and a leave, considering he didn't get back to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, until 4 a.m. on the uh, wheels up flight and uh you know and uh so it was as um as joyous as it was uh concerning and and somber and we'll get to that in part three of uh the sunday strut but uh got a lot to unpack here there's a lot of good gentlemen there's some challenges there's some things that we're going to touch on that if we don't continue to improve on uh there will plague us versus marshall and again we'll have the marshall breakdown come wednesday night ahead of uh homecoming week but, gentlemen, I watched it strut style. Chili, I know you watched it strut style. Joe, Tell you, were watch, you were watching it Joe style. You were there <laughs> uh, 2.4 miles up in that booth. It's. It, I heard you say something to Lane about – oh, by the way, I want to say this. Uh, Lane, Lane, what, what a trooper. 17 yep. losses later, three hot tees. You know, <laughs> Lane Harris give Lane, a soldier. Give, give. Lane Harris soldier through <laughs> – uh, last night, God bless him. He sounded like his voice. He was drinking sandpaper all night. But uh, with that being said, Joe, it, is uh, is Ark State higher or lower than ULM as far as the press box? Because you made a you made a mention of how high up y'all are in that stadium. Uh, I think it might be just a skosh lower than what ULM is. And ULM, see, the, at Ark State, you're literally like looking straight down from the press box onto the field, so it's not. It's not bad, right? I mean, you have a top down, almost like you're in a drone. You're looking straight down. ULM, you're way back and you're way up high. So it's a little bit of a different look there at ULM, just a little bit higher. But uh, yeah, Lane did a great job to, to, to soldier through that one. He had a bad uh, chest cold all week. He you know came to the show on Tuesday night and well, he had laryngitis. I mean, he, he could literally could not talk Tuesday night and I was hoping he would be better and he he, uh, he he pushed his way through that, and we tried to limit, you know, a, a lot of the pregame stuff, and he did a great job. So we uh, we got through it. Bergen also had some coughing stuff going on, but uh, it was it's a good win. You know, you go out there and get a win. That's what you want to do. Winning is hard. You go get a Sun Belt win, get yourself yep. right back into it. Yeah, it's uh, – I was going to tell Bergen, he could have – he could have washed and rinsed himself off in the cooling, healing waters of the waterfall there, there at the bank at Centennial Park right there. Not Centennial Park. What's it called? Centennial, Centennial Bank Stadium. Centen yeah, Centennial Bank Stadium. Uh, don't get it confused with where the Georgia State Panthers play. And uh, Lord, no. Heck, no. <laughs> Georgia State Panthers, they play. Oh, Joe, you were just in Arkansas State just a few hours ago. My question for you is, Literally. Waterfall, lake, whatever you want to call it. Does it have a name? Is it like lake something, whatever? I mean, I don't – is the water dirty? I don't know. That, titty, that's a great – well, they have one on each side of the stadium at that end, kind of where they built the, the, uh, the their indoor facility and they've got the new place. That, that They've really got some good facilities there at Ark State. I mean, give them credit. Yeah. They put some they put some resources and money into it. I mean, it's a nice 
it's a nice facility. I mean, what they've done with the press box, they fixed that a number of years ago, and they have a waterfall, one on each side of, of that end of the stadium, and then the, you know, they got the the athletic operations center there plus their indoor. So it's mm-hmm. a, I I don't think it has a name. I don't know. I want to name Joe. Joe uh, look, so what you're saying is the facilities are classy, but the program's not. And we'll get to that oh, later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So the only thing classy about that place is the facility. TD, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you say that. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I know right. why, but uh, we'll, we'll. That's talk right. And as, a, as that. a, as a, as a former guy, as a guy who wore that helmet with that logo on it. Anyways, also, Joe, there's nothing like coming home, chilly. There's nothing like coming home for a couple, three or four reasons. You're in your own bed. Mm. You're with your fans. You're in your facilities which are classy, just like our program. But four, you can get a ref mic and a fan mic that marry up with the talent that's on the radio. Joe, I heard you like so frustrated last night. Chili, look at him. <laughs> he looks like me when you go to ask me a question, man. <laughs> Y'all, if you, if you could see him right now, Joe, Joe's got his head in his hand. Oh, that man, audio so feed from the field, it was awesome, awful. I know you can't say anything out of respect for the professionals that, for those that know, look, all the broadcasters on the radio, they're a tight knit group. They respect each other, but I think those guys will even agree, man. That is, that's. Yeah, and they have no awful, control man. over that. Matt Stoltz uh, does a great job at Arch State. Yeah. He's been there for 19 years. He's a tr- tremendous play by play guy and even better person, you know. And, and yeah. he told he told me before the game, he said, look, we're really having some problems with the engineering piece of getting. You know the, the 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 crowd noise is what he was he came to me about, but they had they had the the ref mic was so overmodulated we couldn't even there's no way that we could use that and for whatever reason we're running into that just about everywhere we go but uh, yeah I mean Matt does a great job out there is there play by play the voice of the Red Wolves but uh, yeah it, it's frustrating <laughs> it, it, it is I'm just gonna tell you it's frustrating because we really want to hear what the official has to say. Especially that crowd last night. We really have some questions for them. And I yes, really we did. like to know what they have to say. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get to that in the post. Yeah, we'll get to well, that. Joe, I'll tell you what. We want to hear what you got to say. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off here as we go around Robin and talk about our reflections on the game last night. The victory at Arkansas State. Good win. Anytime you go on the win, uh, on the road to win in the Sunbelt Conference, it's good. I mean, like Coach said, winning is hard. And, and um, you know. Arc State's better. They're they're much better because they have a difference-making quarterback in Jalen Rayner. Makes them better. Hard to believe that guy's a true freshman. Made a bunch of plays out there, but I thought we defended him well. You know, we held him to um, 19 to 35 through the air. We picked him twice. He threw for 306. But, you know, other than that, you know, I thought we did a pretty good job. Held them to 116 on the ground. Got up early on them, you know, took a 3 nothing lead, then 10 nothing. Never trailed in the game, just like we never trailed at Appalachian State. So you want to play from ahead. You, know, you want to play from a position of, of dominance in a football game. And for the second straight night, second straight game, we did that against Arc State. One of the keys that I had last week when we previewed this game was 175 on the ground. I felt like we needed to go for 175 or better. We went from 186 in this one. Interesting how we did it, too, right? And so Max Baldazard. Four carries, 79 yards. He averaged almost 20 yards a carry, for Pete's sake. Four carries, almost 80 yards. Braden Bennett went for 37. C.J. Beasley went for 28. And, uh, and, and, and you know, yeah, 35, 27, and Grayson went for 21. But, uh, yeah, 
180, you know, 186 on the ground. That's what we needed to do. And uh, again, we played from ahead the entire game. Defense made some big plays down the stretch. You know, even after, you know, Grayson went out and we talked about this, or we'll, we will talk about it coming up here in a minute. Grayson goes out. We're faced with fourth and short, up 17 to 10, kind of getting late in the fourth. And we decided to kick a field goal. I thought that was a tremendous decision. Take a two-score lead, leave That's it up right. to your defense. What That's happens? Right. Rewarded by that. Tobias Fletcher with the pick. He takes it down there. We get a big run from Baltazar. Jarrett Guest runs it in. 27-10, basically the game is over. So it was a good win. Defense, I, I thought, played well. Again, special teams were good. Kate Hensley, you know, coming through as our kicker, made a couple of field goals in this one that we needed. And uh, anytime, again, anytime you go on the road in the Sunbelt Conference and you pick up a win, who would want on this road trip? Mm -hmm. Not 3-0 like everyone. Obviously, you want to go 3-0, and but hey, 2-1, 37 days away from home, you get two of these three. We're right back in the thick of things, right there on the cusp of getting bowl eligible. And then if we can just have a couple of things happen elsewhere in the league, you know, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, you know, need to take a loss. They play each other this week. So we can one, you know, maybe one of them's going to take a loss. One, right? one of them's going to take an L. Maybe we can get ourselves back in the thick of this conference thing, you know, before all is said and done. So good win. Glad to be back home and looking forward to finally being back home Saturday. Yeah, it's um, you know, from from inside the helmet, and uh, to Joe, just to echo some things you said. Go, my top thoughts were, we won, with and without. Right, those are my two thoughts. We won without Brown after the first quarter, undisclosed injury illness. It was touched on a little bit. I think y'all said something to do with GI Joe, something like that. But we we don't remember. We don't really get into a whole lot of injuries on here, right? They'll be what they are. Training staff, uh, sports medicine staff over the university, they'll take care of that. But uh, we won without Jared Brown after the first quarter. We won without 10 in the fourth quarter. You know, we won without probably one of our, you know, I would say okay tackling performances. There were times where, you know, we, we just didn't tackle as well. And I think, you know, this is no excuse to Joe. You know, we, we have not been gone 37 days from the con, you know, the friendly confines of Brook Stadium. However, three straight road games. And Joe, you had that statistic. Um, what is it? That's the first time since when? The Big South, right? That we went on three straight road games. This is the first time in school history that we've played the first three, time in school history. Three, three in a row against conference opponents. Now, in 2009, we went on the road three straight weeks. It was there, there weren't 37 days between those games, but those were, I think, two conference games plus the game at Clemson. If that's I right. Correctly. That's that, right. That's how that happened. And then really, really yeah. fast, I'm going to turn it right back to you, TD. Jared Brown went out of the game very early. He still wound up as our leading receiver. I mean, we were going to him early and often. We wanted to get him involved, right? Uh, I mean, yep. you, could, you could see that as a point of emphasis for the offense. He had yep. 57 yards receiving. That led us in the ball game. But his his presence definitely we, – we definitely missed him after the first quarter. Well, you teed me up great, Joe, because here's what happened, too, is, you know, we won without, again, Jared Brown in the first quarter, 10 – pretty much – Probably two thirds back ten minutes of the of the of the fourth quarter. We we played okay on defense from a tackling perspective. We're a little sloppy, in my humble opinion, but those are things that we can shore up. Um two TDs were called back on Arc State penalties. I think we get it, you know, we're gonna touch on that a little later. You know, my game thoughts were I think we held the ball for what, 42 minutes, if I remember correctly. 
42 minutes was something that, uh, if I remember correctly, no, that, that, no, that, 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 that was a mistake in the 30, score, 30, it, 36 minutes, 36 it, minutes. It, it was 36, 38 for, yeah. for whatever reason, the, 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 this book that I printed out had, I, they, they gave us 15 minutes plus in the fourth quarter and that, that, that can't be yeah, so, yeah, and anyway, good. 30, 36, 38 is phenomenal. That's right. 36 plus minutes to 23. Um, that was something that, um, that I thought was impressive. Um, we were four fourteen on third downs though, and got to get better there. Got to get better passing game, uh, opened up the run game, man. To, so Joe, thank you for Tina. We were swinging the ball out to, um, Beasley, Bennett, Brown, uh, Duplices. Um, you know, we, we were swinging the ball out. You, Joe, to your point, there was an emphasis to get things going laterally and downfield. Right, swinging that ball out, get them into open space, get them in one on ones, and then when we got our state's defense, which we talked about collectively last week, we got our state's eyes in the backfield and to the flats. That was when we went up top, right? That's when we went up top to Brown, to Plesees. We went up the top to Pinckney. Uh, again, still didn't see where they didn't really show a good job of did Pinckney that pass interference on him again. That's like the fourth pass interference on him in like three weeks, and I'm still befuddled. Like there was one at App State, which we all agree on the post game wrap up a week ago was that or a week and a half ago. There was one he was blocking downfield with the ball in the air. Okay, done. Cool. Take it what it is. But he's at three now again that I'm still a little confused on what it's almost like they're looking to call that on him because the opposing teams are are, are saying something. So that's that's one thing. Red zone effectiveness. Uh we got to improve going into Marshall. Um defense has to buckle down. A little bit more when it comes to uh, play big, big drives after emotional drives. So, for instance, after McCall went out, man, three plays later they were in the damn end zone. I mean, boom, 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 and they and Arc State was in the end zone, right? And that got it to to twenty seven seventeen, right? And we've got to understand the moment there. And I think Coach Niver would say the same thing: a defense has got to understand, man. We 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 cannot give up a three or four play drive there and have them go right down the field and get back in the ballgame on this thing. That that was the one thing I would say a takeaway for me, which we need to, you know, touch on. But we were five for five um, in the red zone, right? So that was – data doesn't lie, right? Stats don't lie, but they can be misdeceiving. And we were we were 414 on third down. I want to touch on that. Two of two on fourth down conversions. We were five of five in the red zone, but there were a couple times that, in my own opinion, we should have gotten touchdowns and not field goals. And I'm Joe. I'm thinking I, I can see your smile. I want to kick it back to you and Chili. There was a couple times I just I agree getting the three points right there, considering everything that transpired. Joe, I, I agree with you getting points because if you don't come away with points there, man, you just lost ten. You didn't get any points. It, it just again, don't disagree there. But I'd like to see us get in the end zone. Again, that's that's just the aggressiveness and me wanting to get seven on the board. Because if you get seven on the board there, you wonder how some other things happen. But again, that late in the game. But we were five for five, and I think we kicked two field goals. So, yeah, two field goals. I would have liked to seen one of those be a touchdown. I really would have, especially maybe the first one. Second one, again, Joe, I don't want to get – I don't want to split hairs on it, but – your thoughts and opinions. I wonder what the feedback was, yours and Chili, on that. But um, overall, we played better. And I'll end with this. 
I don't think people understand. Yes, we weren't gone 37 days, but when you have to fly three times to go play really quality team, or not fly, you had to go to Georgia Southern, you had to go to um, App State, and then you had to go to Arc State. Those oh, are two, long. Th- yeah, those yeah, are yeah. long. Two, two, two bus trips and a flight. That, that, two that bus trip, trips and a flight, that trip man. to Jonesboro is the longest one you take, man. I'm right. sorry. I don't care what you, it's, you know. It's it, brutal. I, I get their kids, but I don't think people understand. It, it does, man. And also with us, what it does is, thankfully, we the way the schedule worked out with playing a Tuesday game, it definitely helped us. But, um, you know, I'll get into my takeaways beyond this when we get to the wrap-up piece, but it's – um, I saw some positive things. We punted the ball better. Uh, special teams was a little better. Um, you know, we definitely were there. We play without our guys, man. That's the one thing I'll take away from this is we played without 10 in the fourth. We played without Brown, and, and we just found a way, man. I, I, I love the law firm of Beasley and Baltazar, by the way. Those two jokers can pound the rock, man. They, they, can, put, they can put some shoulder pads on some people. And, um, but, you know, I, I look forward to breaking down the Marshall game later this week, but it's, we grinded, man. Winning's hard. We grinded it. It was emotional. We came away with a win. We're now four and three, two and two in conference. I, I'm excited for homecoming coming up this week. I really am. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm still fighting that cold, guys. My three points are this. Uh, I'm going to start calling CJ Beasley the closer. You know, when you're in baseball in the playoffs, you always go to that reliever, Joe, that can shut things down when you got a lead to finish the game out to win it. I'm noticing we're going to C.J. Beasley in the fourth quarter for those strong, hard runs that he's known for. I've got three examples from that. First off, last year, the Myrtle Hurdle. Hmm. Game-winning touchdown over Georgia Southern. The Appalachian State game, he was the one – bruising people with some help with some help from blocking from a call in a couple of times, but that was CJ Beasley doing that. And then this past game, he's getting some big runs in the last couple of drives in the fourth quarter. So I'm I'm not looking to make a you know a, a cute kind of nickname for him, but he has become the closer when it comes to us having the ball in the fourth quarter and we're giving it to someone we can count on. He's not fumbling it. I don't want to jinx him, but he's not fumbling it. Um, that he is our guy we're giving the ball to in the fourth quarter. And I think that's really cool that we're, we're getting that guy now who that that's your role. If we're winning, C.J. Beasley is going to be the run, 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 one running the football. I can talk. <laughs> My second point I want to bring up is um, just about the mistakes Arkansas State made. And I'm not talking about just the, the hit that we're going to get into later, but they had nine penalties for 102 yards in the game last night. They lost two scores because of penalties. They um, they had the personal foul. I'll, I'll say that in air quotes. And a lot of stuff happened late. And some things I can take away just from the gaffes that the Red Wolves made was, uh, don't want to get into much into the hit thing again, but I just I made these notes out to the side before we decided to do this. I'm going to read through them real quick, and I'll go to my last point, is that Arkansas State kind of got away with some dirty play. Butch Jones didn't take any responsibility. The hit was deplorable. We rose above it, and we walked out of Arkansas State with a win. That's what I'll say about their mistakes there, and we'll get into the other part later. Last thing I want to talk about is something you both kind of alluded to. I want to go in a little more depth about it, and that is one of the greatest classic rock songs of all time, Joe. Bob Seger's Turn the Page. Are you familiar with that one, Joe? Joe's about to sing it for me. 
<laughs> Verse three of that song, I'm going to read part of it because all of it doesn't apply, but this part does apply. That when you're out there in the spotlight, you're a million miles away. Every ounce of energy you try to give away. The sweat pours out your body like the music that you play. These guys have been on a heck of a road trip. I did the math. Ready for this? One-way trip from Conway to Statesboro, 260 miles. One-way one way to Boone, 222 miles. One-way to Jonesboro, 675. Add that all together, that's 1,157 miles one way. So round trip, Joe TD, that's 2,314 miles we've traversed in three games over the period of time that we did that. We came out of it with two wins out of three. So my point with that is this. No matter what happens going forward, I think we've gone through the hardest part of the schedule when it comes to not really being on a schedule. I think our shots now at four and three, two and one in this road trip are battle tested. I feel like with the regularity of the schedule that's about to happen for us going forward, I think Coastal sits in a really good place not only just being four and three, but we've survived some things. And I feel like at the end of that game last night at Arkansas State, it got to a point where we were surviving because we were probably mm -hmm. really, really tired. We had been on the road for a long, long time, like a touring group might be on tour or something like that. And as you get to the last legs of that tour, you begin to lose your legs. It would have been easy for us to jump into the fire with Arkansas State and play the way they have been playing, but we did not do that. Coach Beck has a really good quote I want to bring back up that applies to part of what I'm saying here too is he wants guys who are going to play for each other not to beat the guy in front of you. That showed up to me Saturday night because you start to see Coastal guys kind of come together when the Arkansas State guys were beginning to be bad actors, if you will. So I want to bring that back up that Coach Beck said in his initial press conference, and he talked to us about that here on the, on the strut was – I want guys that are going to play for each other, not just to line up and beat somebody in front of them. So I, I want to give that shout out to Coach Beck because that showed up in about the last 10 minutes of the ball game, how we kind of came together, still pulled the win out. And Joe, you say this all the time, it's hard to win a football game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can imagine how hard it is for your third consecutive road game with that many miles you've put on your body at that point. I bet they slept really good when they got back to Conway and got back into their beds. So, that was my third point. Had to do a little bit of Bob Seger tonight, Joe. So I, I figured you would like that reference. <laughs> I do love that reference. Two quick points before we move on to the next thing, whatever you guys want to talk about. You you mentioned fumbles, right, CJ? You know how many fumbles our running backs have lost this season? Anybody want to take a guess? Zero. I thought we lost one. We lost three fumbles. One was a muff punt and two. We, we got the sack fumble last night, and then Grayson lost one at UCLA. We lost three That's fumbles. right. That's right. Okay. Running, backs oh, running, back, running backs. Running backs. Yeah. Running, back, of, running backs. Running backs lost zero. Zero fumbles this year. Offensive, then, line, offensive line graded at 90% for this game. I, I was going to say, that offensive line outside of about Zovon Lindsay, Lindsay was the highest guy, and uh, Nick Del Grande was the knockdown king. So our tackles performed very well last night. Yeah. He's got my favorite name, Del Grande. He's a good kid too, you know. I mean, he he's he all of the all of these all these guys are good. They're, they're they're good. They're good people, good kids, you know. And they're and they're getting better, <clears throat> you know, game by game. They're getting better and they're improving, and that's what that's you right. want to see, right? You're taking a, a kind of a young, inexperienced group, and 
seven games in, they're just continuing to get better. We need to still get better, but they're yep. continuing to get better. And that was it. And, and total penalties. I, I, I'm looking at the uh, the stats art here. I don't think that's – I think that's accepted penalties, Joe. But correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, Chili, it shows total total first downs were 20. We were balanced, 9 and 10, rushing to passing. But one accepted penalty, I thought there was – I thought, I thought we had at least two call on us that were accepted. I, I thought so too. It says one, but I want to say either way though. No, we had we but, had four for thirty-five. All right. Well, yeah, I was gonna say because on better. here, yeah. Well, that, even though four for thirty-five, we did have a stretch of about two or three games where we were eight, nine, ten penalties a game for 80, 90, 100 plus yardage. Now we're, you know, three, four penalties for 30, 40 yards. I still like to go a clean game with no penalties. However, it's going to happen, right? It's it's going to happen, you know. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's something that, Chili, to your point about Coach Beck. Look, Coach Beck, and, and if you're a Sean Clear fan and you're a Teal Nation person and you're strutty, his comments in the press conference about just the guys grinding, winning as a family, winning's hard after Grayson, uh, the hit that Grayson took. Um, and how he explains that to his guys, man. I'll, I'll be honest, like he that that really that moved the needle a little bit for me as a former player, as a fan. You know the way he just he owned that moment, right? He's like, look, I'm love these guys, and I'm a bet I'm a coach in the best way I can. But you you could tell there was some sincerity, uh, Joe Chili, in in that post game press conference. He didn't hide from it. He didn't run from what had transpired. Um, and you could also hear it in uh, Baltazar and some others as well that that were with local media. Um, that man, they really go to your point, man. It's a, a lot of character guys on this team. Well, I don't want to brag, but I had a good week in the Sun Belt Pick'em, guys. Well, you needed it. You two went four and uh, three and two. I went four and one, and I gained a, a game on UTD. And you probably needed to pick James Madison more often because uh -uh. that's where I gained ground. And guess what? I'm probably going to pick them again. Yeah, so but y'all what's coming up? Y'all took the culture though. Y'all both took the culture, and I took state. Right? Uh, let me see the culture. No, Joe took the culture. Joe I took, took the culture. State. You you took state with me. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So I, 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 I took the culture, and we were listening to that game. That was one of the first games we tuned into on the way out of the parking lot to hear Jay Walker, my good friend, the voice of the Raging Cajuns over there, they're going in to win. They're going they're, they're going to kick a field goal at worst to tie it. And what do they do? They throw it away <laughs> with seconds left. I, I'm, I'm sitting there driving down the road, going to Memphis. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this game. I'm winning this game. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, they intercepted. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't throw the ball away right there. Culture. I'm not picking them again. <laughs> Are you sure? Hey, I think you I might. Had, I had a hunch, man. I had a hunch that state, man. Um, uh, you know, I had a hunch. Just had a hunch. Went with it. All right. So here's what's going to happen this week in the Sun Belt Thursday night. This is going to be a good one Thursday night, y'all. Georgia State. What? Oh, we're not going. We're not going to go over like the games though. We're not going to wrap up the games. Well, who I won mean, and who lost? Don't we normally do that or no? Do I, do I, just, I, do I, just, I just thought we usually said how we did. James Madison beat Marshall. That was me and uh, Joe on that one. Uh, ULM 
lost to Georgia Southern. All three of us had Georgia Southern. Uh, all three of us called Coastal defeating Ark State. None of us were correct on the ODU App State game. Oh, that let me tell you and, something. That 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 town is a meltdown mode up there, buddy. And Chili and Travis meltdown. were correct in picking Georgia State over Ooh La La. Hey, so, that mountain is melting, and it ain't because of snow, Chili. I'm telling you, <laughs> that crowd. I heard that there. You can't find a, a U-Haul because everybody's renting one to back it up to Sean uh, Sean Clark's house, Bo. They, that crowd is losing it up there, man. So this week, Thursday night, Georgia State, Georgia State, ranked number seven in our Strut G5 Top Ten poll, travels to Georgia Southern. Arkansas State travels to ULM. ODU will go to number two in our top 10 poll, James Madison. Seymour goes to Crapalachian Stank. Oh, man. The campus goes to Meltdown. The mountain. The, mountain. the culture will travel to South Alabama. Ooh, Marshall comes to Brooks ooh, Stadium. And a, number eight, Troy, travels to Texas State. Texas State, by the way, is on the outside of the top ten looking in right now. I think they're they're getting better and better guys. Let me tell you something. Didn't uh didn't South Alabama did they they were off. They they were all oh is that they so they they remain undefeated against the bye, huh? Okay. Yeah, they still haven't lost to the bye yet. That's yeah. a that's a good slate of games. I mean, you talk about a separation Saturday. If we go some different directions on these games coming up th- or later this week, I mean mm-hmm. Seven <laughs> there, there, there could be some real interesting numbers by this time next week. That's a good bunch of games. A lot of them could who, go either way as I'm thinking about it right now. So, Joe, who do you got in the battle for Georgia? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. We, we, don't we do these picks on Wednesday? We got until Wednesday, right? Do we, we do these picks on – yeah, man. We we changed it last week because we had a Tuesday game. Remember when we had like That's the right. Saturday yeah, off? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wednesday, man. I was going to say, I, okay. I need some time. I need some injury reports. I need to see the betting lines. I need injury to check social reports media. and betting oh, lines. Good heavens. I'm gonna I need social media. Who's listening, I'm going to tell you how much time TD spends looking into his picks before he does them. Joe, you ready? One, two, three. I'm picking so-and-so. Hey, so I, I'm going to pick Seymour over so and so because I think Seymour. No, 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 no. <laughs> TD does not pick the campus over anybody right now. Not this year. Uh, no, not no. They not. No, we got that's Wednesday, man. That's that's the that's the round the bell pick them on Wednesday. Okay. Well, then let's go into our final segment here and wrap up with some thoughts on on the uh, obvious topic. So, um, yes. I don't want to start it off. Joe or TD, would y'all like to start the whole thing off? I'll start. Go Doesn't ahead, bother Joe. me. I saw it. Kid should have been thrown out. I, I I don't I don't how I don't know how in the world that doesn't happen. When when you know when we finally returned to play and nine was still out there, we just kind of looked at each other and I think I said it. I'm like, how is that guy still in the game? I mean, I, we can still hear we, yeah, we can sit here and get in the targeting rule rule, you know, rule nine of the rule book. Please read it. Please read I mean, that real quick. Well, read I mean, I, I, you got a lot of stuff to go through. No, just read that. Read that. Yeah, I mean, just read that. All you needed, all you need to know, is the kid launched himself into into a guy giving himself up, and he didn't even necessarily have to give himself up for it to be targeting, according to the rule. If you lead with a helmet like that, you launch. That's targeting, and you should be ejected. Now, what is targeting in college football? Who knows? Who knows what it is, right? But there. There should be some accountability at the Sun Belt office this week. There yes, should there be should. some people. There should be some people at Coastal 
And I, I, I 100% believe that they're doing this. They, they need to be talking to this office and there need to be some people held accountable for what happened on Saturday night. There need to be, there, there needs to be some accountability from these officials, right? I, I don't like to get on officials during game broadcasts because they make mistakes just like coaches do, like players do, like announcers do, like everybody does. But I mean, Give me a come on, man. I mean, we had a we had a guy knocked out of the game by a kid who has already been ejected twice before other That's places right. he's been, believe That's it right. or not. Right? Is he a dirty player or is he not? I'm I don't know. I, I'm not making that call, but I'm telling you that play the other night was dirty, as dirty as it gets. He should have been ejected. There's no way he should have continued in that game. No way. Why was he? Why was that kid allowed to continue in the game? Absolutely mm. ridiculous. Ridiculous. So happy that Grayson's okay. Not sure his status. We won't know his status for this Saturday. Don't won't speculate on that. Who knows? Mm -mm. Just glad he's okay. But I mean, how in the world that kid got to stay in the game? Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's unconscionable to me. Somebody needs to be mm. answering that question. Coach Beck, <laughs> you know, I, I have total faith and confidence that that he is asking those questions as he should be. You know, it. it I've told you all this already. We're watching that game. I've got Joe in the ear. I've got y'all in the text. We're watching the game with my family. McCall goes down. For those who don't know that are new to this podcast, Ken is, you know, he's everything as a football player to my son Max, right? And he goes down. He's not moving. And then I see nine and five. To Joe's point, this kid's been kicked out not once, but twice he's been ejected in, call, in his college football career for targeting. McCall gives himself up. This kid launches with the crown of the helmet, and there are multiple angles with multiple pictures where this kid makes direct contact with Grayson helmet to helmet. Then he gets up and goes through, you know, just championing this entire, you know, I, 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 I knocked him out. Okay, then he's on the sideline. Mind you, the entire time my son's watching this. This is where it hits home for me. As a guy who wore that logo on his helmet and a son who reveres the kid that's laying down, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Grayson. I'm thinking of Grayson's family, his mom and dad. I'm, th I'm thinking of all that. I'm thinking of his mom and dad. I'm thinking of his players. I'm thinking of his family. I'm thinking of the coaching staff. And, and then they, they cut back to 9 and 5, and they're sitting there, and they're kind of smiling and jovial, whatever. And, 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 and you know, Bush Jones wants to talk about character. I didn't see any character. Okay. Joe can't say this. I know I, I get it. I can't. As a former player, I was livid. Then my son looks at me and he's he's getting a little emotional. He's like, Daddy, he, is he all right? That's where it hit home for me, boys. That's where that that again, that's where it hit home for me. And McCall gave himself up. And to Beck's point, this is what I was getting to in his postgame. He said this. This isn't TD. Beck said, I, I'm coaching these guys up with the letter of the law, basically. Grayson gave himself up. He goes, I don't know what to tell my guys when Grayson gave himself up knowing it's going to be a two-yard, you know, the slide, Joe, I think the rule, like wherever they slide from, it's like a yard back, right? So this kid hits him. This is now the third time this kid's had, you know, an action like this, and he's not kicked out. They get him for a late hit, 15 yards. While our guys, you know, it's ridiculous. It's Yet in the ODU App State game, they, you know, this kid makes a, a fairly quality tackle. They hit helmet to helmet. It wasn't malicious. It was literally accidental football. They pull the flag up and say, nope, no helmet to helmet. 
But yet over here, it's just a late hit, and there's clear helmet to helmet with the crown of the helmet. He clearly launched and launched at Grayson and did it. So I, I'm grateful Grayson's okay. I, I don't know what his status is for Saturday. I hope, you know, at the end of the day, he it's all about it, Grayson's health is what matters, not about coastal football, right? It's about Grayson McCall and his and his health and his mental state, make sure he's good. That's where hey, that's where Jared, that's where I was gonna put that's where Jared Guess and, and Vasco have got to look, this is their time to shine, right? This is their time to step up and lead this team versus a very pivotal week, Joe, Chili against Marshall. But I'm going to end with this. There is no place in football for a play like that. None. And I don't want to hear about the character of this kid from Butch Jones and the stop. That was, that was terrible. It was awful. I I mean, I I got no call. I was livid in that, in my house last night, buddy. And my son, I mean, when he finally, you know, Grayson put the little sign up that he's all right. You know, Maddox felt a little better. My wife felt a little I mean, my wife was pissed, boys. I mean, my my wife was pissed and still is pissed today. But you're right, Joe, and I'm in right here. The league office should do something. The referees poorly officiated that game. And I'm going to be honest with you, the last couple, three or four games, not only just our games, but around the Sun Belt have been, in my humble opinion, poorly officiated. And there need there there needs to be a message sent to these officials that if you do not protect the kids in a moment like that, but then what the hell are you out there for? I mean, that's that. I mean, that's the question. I'd like to get them on my front porch here and ask them that. Boys, here's five different angles. Tell me that's not helmet to helmet. I, I look. I'm off. I'm off. Look, I, I, I'm off a soapbox. But if there's ever a time to go on a soapbox, it's about the health and protection of one of our guys, one of our guys who's, you know, who's been a very foundational pillar. Right? He's on that Chauncey's, you know, Rushmore. Mountain, you know, Mount Rushmore, Mount Chauncey for us. And uh kind of being a little levity into it. But good thing is he's on he's home. It was funny, good. Huh? It was funny, good. <laughs> That's right too, man. But look, man, that kid's he means a lot to this community and this program, man. And just uh, you know, Joe, I, I just gotten word like wind of that about he had been ejected previous times. I'm sorry, man. There's got to be something out there that NCAA can do when it comes to this, but they're too, you know, they're too worried about putting Guardrails on other things don't matter, but I digress. Well, I guess they needed him to play against Monroe this week, so there's there's that. But <laughs> my few thoughts on this is this, and mine's more of a general statement. I think I, I can't say any better what you guys have already said in regards to what happened and and how um, just how bad it was. Honestly, there's no other word. It's just bad, and it's a bad look. And here's why I say that. TD, I agree with you. The officiating in general across the Sun Belt, these la- maybe this last month, has been lackluster at best. Mm-hmm. You talked about before we began recording tonight about the incident that happened at App State versus ODU when they had the guy, I think they called one thing like as targeting and then took it back and called it something else when clearly it was you know targeting that happened there too. I even want to go back to a game at our place uh, the Georgia State game, and this this really got under my skin in general. Uh, when we were when the game was pretty much over, but we were still playing ball. There was an incomplete pass that happened to Sam Pinckney on the Georgia State side of the stadium, and the ball hit his hands, fell out. Uh, I remember Chad Staggs came by and kind of patted Sam on the back, you know, get him next time. You gave a good effort, whatever he said to him. It, it was it was nice, but I didn't like the way Sean Elliott 
led his players onto the field near the numbers, and Sean Elliott had the football up in his hand like he had conquered something, holding it up and, and showing it off there. I didn't like how Butch Jones deflected responsibility in his post game, mm. and how he said – this might not be him, but I did read this somewhere about the argument over the arm being raised as a defense for it not being called targeting. I don't get that. And you guys know more about this than I do, but I just don't see the relationship. If your arm is up in the air, your head's still in the same place. I not part of the rule. That. It's yeah. not part of it's not part of the rule. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's got nothing to do with the rule. To, not, to your point, not, not, not part of the rule. So it, the, the, yeah. I'm gonna end it with this. And I'm kind of saying this in terms of like it the, the hit and the targeting for the you know our game as well as App State versus ODU. And then some of the behaviors of some of the people in the conference. It's time for the officiating and the officials in general to kind of get tired of this because it's hard it's hard to watch some of these behaviors of some of these players. The Arc State players who were laughing and kind of pointing and doing whatever on camera, on television, on the ESPN broadcast, when camera would okay. cut to them on the call was being attended to. They were laughing. They were punting, you know, punching each other and kind of smiling about it. And I even think I saw they were celebrating number 24 kind of pointing over. Yeah. Kind of pointing up where Grayson was laying. Uh, you got some guys who have no problem bragging about a routine play. And just in general guys, I just, I'm so tired of seeing the ugliness of the individuality of these guys acting unsportsmanlike nearly every single play. And Joe, I agree across the board, the officiating in the Sun Belt, they've got to have a wake up call. I really mm. believe that. I don't want someone, anyone, no matter who who we're playing, who our opponent is, if whether we like the team or not, no one deserves to have happen to them what happened to Grayson at the game Saturday. And that's where I'm going to end my uh, my talk on that. You know, we talk about this, you know, the Sun Belt talks about rising to the next level. I mean, every, everything has got to rise to the next level. I mean, the, the the teams in the league and the way the league is situated and the things that have been done, you know, the TV deal, you know, getting teams on national television and whatnot, the, the Sun Belt really is rising in a lot of areas. I think officiating kind of needs to be able – officiating needs to go with it. Right now, you know, seeing what I saw last night and kind of some of the things, Chili, that, you know, you touched on some of the, I, I'm not sure, you know, where, where that's going at the moment. I mean, because last night was inexcusable. It was inexcusable. I mean, how in the world does that guy stay in the game? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the offensive player, whether he has a hand up or not, you know, that's not an indication of whether it's targeting or not. That's not in the rule. <laughs> you know, how in the, how in the world does the guy get to stay in the game? I mean, what is the justification for that? I am really looking forward to the to the to the coach Tim Beck show on Tuesday night. How much he gets into this, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, he 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 ha he said some things last night, of course. You know about what do you do when a guy is sliding? How 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 do you tell your guy? There you okay, go. Hey, if you slide, you're going to be okay. And yet someone launches into you and knocks you out of the game and they stay in the game, right? What do you tell your guy? He was a little guarded about that, he, but he, he made his point. You know, juxtapose that last year with how Jamie Jamie Chadwell handled that when, when Georgia State kind of tweaked Grayson and got him out of the game. Post-game radio interview, that's a dirty team over there. They're dirty. I mean, he just laid it out there. And you kind of appreciated his candor on that. Yep. He didn't hold anything back. He let it all ride on, on that soundbite. 
Coach Beck, a little more close to the vest, kind of held it in. I will be interested to see on the coaches' show on Tuesday night how much we get into this. But there needs to be some accountability in terms of officiating in the Sun Belt Conference. And, Joe, just as a reference as we finish things up here, how can we catch the coaches' show Tuesday? Hey, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, 7 to 8 p.m. at Walk-On Sports Bistro, 501 Myrtle Beach, Rodeo Drive. Come out and see us. We'll be there with Coach. We'll talk about the Ark State win. Obviously, we'll talk about what else, the other things that we're talking about here right now, how Grayson's doing, what status he may have for coming you know, coming up on Saturday. We'll take your questions, but come on out. WRNN, if you can't make it, 99.5 in, uh, in, uh, in Myrtle Beach. So, Oh, love, to, love, love, love for you to come out and see us and uh, have some good food at walk-ons and talk some coastal football. But, uh, yeah, that's how you can catch the coaches' show on Tuesday night. And not to, I know Joe can't say it, but if you are not in the area, you can utilize other resources out there to catch the coaches show as well. So yeah, no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, WRNN.net. You can go to their website. Yeah. You can go to mm -hmm. RNN's website and catch there it. You, you can stream it wherever you are, anywhere you in the world, anywhere in the state, anywhere, anywhere in the, the world, world. You can listen to Thank it. Thank you, Joe. Cause I, I just, hey, when, I, when I'm in a deer stand, like I was Saturday morning, when I knocked down that nice eight point with my son Maddox, Hey, if I didn't say something on the post game show, Joe, chili, I, I'd be remiss. You got to say something. I got to say something. Got to say something, man. It was a beautiful hunt. And, uh, hey, get on out. To, hey, get on out to walk on to see Joe Tuesday yes. night, man. Get on out there. Hey, they've had some good crowds, but we need bigger ones, man. Look, the team the food is, is good. That's the a food's good, good place to eat. Look, the food's good. And, uh, look, it's a great atmosphere out there. Get, you know, we're going to try to get out there too. But look, this team's turning the corner, man. We're mm -hmm. right there, man. Hey. It's a big week. This, we're four and three, two and two of the conference. We're right there, man. Went over Marshall, and man, I'm telling you, all of a sudden the trajectory, Joe, you brought it up. Bowl eligibility, putting some pressure on the teams at top because state and southern play each other. There's some excitement. Homecoming, man. Big Marshall, week. Big, big week, week coming up. Big, big week, week coming up. Let's big end week. on a high note, man. Good fun, high note, man. End on opportunity a high Saturday. Opportunity Saturday. All right, guys, let's go ahead and give them a shots up, and we'll call shots this up one Sunday. Shots truck. up, baby. The strut would not be possible without the generosity of our newest friends of the show. Strut Nation thanks you for your support. Dan Sign Realty, CCU Class of 2001. Dan Sign at Dunes Realty Sales is Realty Done Right. Hanley's Pub, Andrew Hanley, CCU Class of 2002, the official pub of the Strut Podcast and is located in Carolina Forest. We will CCU at your local pub. Hanley's in Carolina Forest. Dr. David Turner, Doctor of Chiropractic, CCU Class of 1997 of Impact Chiropractic. He's been practicing in Conway for 20 years. Dr. Turner believes in a proactive, wellness-based approach to achieving optimal health and function for the entire family. At Impact Chiropractic, we work hard to grow healthy kids rather than fixed, damaged adults. Bob Baldwin, CCU Class of 2011, when you think coastal and your marketing needs, think Coastal Marketing. Go see Bob Baldwin at Coastal Marketing. Coastal Marketing is the official merchandise supporter of the Strut Podcast.